This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to our Football Friday podcast for week number eleven. Uh, brought to you by the Bet Rivers Network, where you can get it wherever you. Go for your podcast needs. And remember, for all of your wagering needs, it's uh, Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. Play Sugar House in Connecticut. This is the time of year, starting this weekend, where football, and I include college football and the NFL in this, go into overdrive. This is the holiday season. Thanksgiving is upon us. We have the three big games on Thanksgiving, and our Football Friday podcast will be Available for you on Wednesday afternoon next week. It will be up early so that it includes the Thanksgiving games, of which there are three, Buffalo and Detroit, which is not as bad a game now as you would think, especially if Detroit plays well against the Giants this week. The Giants and the Cowboys, which will be an enormous game in the middle block at 445. And then a good one at night, New England against Minnesota, which continues uh, to find a way to win. Everybody in the league now has tasted defeat after Washington's upset of the Eagles. Everyone in the league, with the exception of the Raiders, who have won two, and the Texans, who have won one, everyone else in the league has won at least three. So you have a tremendous amount of parity in this league right now as we go down the stretch. And obviously it's a new playoff year, an extra week of games, extra teams in the playoffs. Uh, a little tinkering with the format, so all that to get used to as we get closer to talk about things like playoff possibilities, which isn't that far away because now you're week 11. Next thing you know, you're in week 14. You're dealing with Christmas, and you are right around the corner from the NFL playoffs. So here we go. As we said, uh, the football Friday for week 11 leading into the Thanksgiving games, which will come your way next Thursday. And again, our uh, regular Friday podcast will be up on Wednesday next week for the holiday weekend. The Jets and Pats both come off buys. And this is an enormous week. It's always an important week to the Pats for the Jets because Belichick doesn't like the Jets. It's an enormous week for the Jets because this is a mountain they want to be able to climb this year. And that is to finally prove they can stand toe-to-toe and beat the Patriots. They have better personnel. That doesn't mean they're going to win the game. They didn't at home. Now they go on the road, uh, having had the extra time to prepare. And we'll see what preparations both teams have put together for this game that will be played in Foxborough. Remember the... Uh, weather forecast for this weekend in Buffalo, it's insane. I mean, it could actually cancel the game because they could get upwards of two feet of snow on Sunday. Now, while we were doing this, folks, they have moved the game to Detroit. So, uh, 
Is it 4 o'clock? Is that the game? Is it a 4 o'clock game? 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock game. Okay, so the game has been moved out of Buffalo as we speak. So they didn't even wait for the weather to be bad this weekend. They know what's coming up in Buffalo. So the game has been moved to Detroit and be played at 1 o'clock, a uh, Buffalo home game between the Browns and the Bills this weekend. So that game has already been moved to uh, Detroit. So it shows you that they are, you know, expecting this crazy, crazy storm, which could supposedly drop upwards of four feet of snow over three days into Buffalo. Imagine. God bless them. Better them than us. Um, Lions at three and six, getting healthier, playing better, come to take on the Giants, who are seven and two and have a very big couple of days a game that they could easily look past knowing Dallas is awaiting them on Thanksgiving Day, but they better not because this team is playing better. They have a little better balance on their offense than the Giants do. They are a dangerous opponent. This is not an easy game. They're on the easy game for the Giants. This is not an easy game. Look at teams that have a record like the Giants and see how many game, how many points they are to the plus side. Then look at the Giants. Look at how many games the Giants have trailed going to the fourth quarter and won. Just shows you that they've been able to pull close games out all season. But their margin for error is very, very slim. And the Lions could give them an uh, interesting battle. There's no question about that this weekend. The Eagles off the loss. Sloppy game. Too many turnovers. Too many mistakes. But listen, they weren't going undefeated anyway. Now they can get back to business. Take on the Colts who... What a bizarre week. We all talked about it. We all lived through it with Saturday and everything else. And then to have him and the owner completely backtrack on what started this whole craziness, which was the benching of Matt Ryan, to have Matt Ryan go back in and become the quarterback again. So it just shows you, you know, what, what's going on, the chaos that has gone on with the Colts who are at 4-5-1 and one and just – Hey, who knows what to expect there week to week with the Colts with what's going on. The Bears have been able to move the ball well with Fields running, with the design runs, getting the ball to his tight end, who's had five touchdown catches in the last three weeks. Uh, But their defense has been awful. And now they take on the Falcons. Should be an interesting game. The Falcons are in every game they play. Seems like every one of their games go to the last seconds. Uh, They are four and six. So it should be an interesting game. And Fields put up unbelievable numbers rushing the football last couple of weeks. And as we said, he has connected with Cole Komet five times for touchdowns in the last three weeks. So a tight end getting five touchdowns in three weeks uh, shows you that he has found a favorite target in Chicago. Uh, The Rams... All beat up. More injuries to the offensive line. The Cooper Cup injury. Let's be honest. They are going nowhere this year. They're going to the Saints here. The Saints talked about changing quarterbacks. They didn't. They'll stay with Dalton. And they are the healthier team and probably the team right now that's just a little more focused on what has been a disappointing year. Like we said, the Rams are going nowhere this year. The Panthers come off a win and plenty of time off. Now they get the Ravens. The Ravens are going to be very strong to finish the season. They're going to get healthier. They should get Andrews back here. Edwards, I don't know if he's healthy enough yet. Andrews, it sounds like we'll give it a try to play this week after sitting out 
and then having the bye. Like we said, the Ravens have a load of talent. They're going to play much better. They could have been much better than their record indicates already, and I think they will be a very big factor going forward the rest of the season. Washington, and give them a tip of the cap for that win against the Eagles. Heineke continues to find a way. There's no way you can take him out of the lineup. Then you realize that if Wentz, if Wentz plays enough plays, they also owe a two next year. So that's another reason to keep Wentz pinned to the bench. Take on the Texans. So the Texans play well enough to lose in these games. They'll probably play well enough to lose in this game as Washington has moved to the uh, 500 mark and to that to make things interesting. The Raiders and the Broncos. Really, who cares? The Raiders have been just so disappointing. The one thing is that McDaniel was given a vote of confidence by the owner. He said he was doing a great job. Well, a great job at 2-7. and seven. They've blown leads of 17, 17, and 20 late in the game and lost all three games. They've only won two games with a talent that is impressive, to say the least. Broncos uh, can't get out of their own way. Uh, at 3-6, and six, they have a defense, but their offense has been bitterly disappointing. Um, they have some injuries, and again, uh, who knows what to expect with those two? They have really been just—they've really been just bad teams so far this year. There's no other way to say it. They've just been uh, very poor teams. The Cowboys, coming off a terrible loss, you know, you saw the stat about the Cowboys and what they did in games where they led in the fourth quarter by 14 points. Well, that went out the window as Rogers finally remembered. Who he was, found Watson uh, a couple of times for very big plays, and they come from behind to beat the Cowboys. The Vikings won that crazy game against the Bills um, after the you know the whole fumble, and then the overtime, and then the picks, the pick in the end zone. I mean, the whole thing that's going on there uh, with the with the Bills the last couple of weeks. Cowboys and the Vikings, very big five days. Cowboys coming off a loss, now have a trip to Minnesota, followed by the Giants on Thanksgiving Day. What a big five days for the Cowboys. If they win two games and then get 11 days off, they are going to finish very strong. If they do less than that, let's see where it goes. If they lose all three, they're going to need these 11 days to try and see if they can mend fences. Let's see what happens. But a very, very big five days for the Dallas Cowboys between now, uh, the Sunday game with the Vikings in Minnesota, and then, of course, the uh, big game on Thanksgiving in the 4 o'clock slot, the 445 game against the Giants. The Bengals at 5-4. and four hoping to get that offensive line uh, healthier, hoping to get all their wide receivers healthier, take on the Steelers, throw out the records when you deal with the Steelers and the Bengals. They are such bitter, bitter foes that I always expect the underdog to you know, jump up and play really well. I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers do here, um, and you get a very close game. The Chiefs will be the Sunday night game Okay, against Chargers. They... Uh, are, you know, just continuing to, you know, go about their business. All right, maybe you're not overly impressed with what they've done this year at 7-2. and two. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. Um, the bottom line is they keep winning. They keep setting themselves up. They can still be the one seed. And now they have another weapon in Tony and... To hear Kelsey say, how 
did anybody give up on this guy after watching him in practice saying, how could anybody possibly give up on this guy? You know, that's what we waited to see here for two years with Tony. But you cannot blame the Giants on this because this guy never, ever made himself available to play. One game he did, he had 10 catches for 150 yards, and he had everybody going crazy. We all knew he had talent, but now you hear them talk about him, and they talk about him in such glowing terms that they expect very big things out of him. He got on the board last week. He made his presence felt. Let's see what happens and if he becomes the target everyone seems to feel he could become with Kansas City. The Chargers have been up and down, up and down. They hope to be healthier here. They hope to get some people back on the at the wide receiver positions. But they, again, are an erratic team, and uh, I don't think they uh, are a team that's set up right now to handle the Chiefs. Um, the Monday night, the Niners and the Cards. We don't know about the Cardinal quarterback situation. Stay tuned for that. The Niners at 5-4. and four have really a chance to be really good the rest of the way. You know how good both lines can be. You know how much talent they have at the skill position. You're talking about having McCaffrey and Kittles and uh, Samuel and and Ayuk and guys like that. I mean, they just have really an enormous amount of weapons. And they have a chance to have a very big finish to their season to be a very dangerous team in the postseason. I could see that without any question. They're erratic, though. There's days they look great, and there's days you shake your head about them. They're a very strange team in that regard. Let's see if they can straighten some of that out and find some consistency down the stretch. Buys this week for the 7-3 Dolphins, who with Tua have made themselves a force. The 6-4 and four Seahawks lost... To Tom Brady in Germany, but still at six and four, having a wonderful resurgent year under Geno Smith. The Bucks get to five and five, and you know what? Five and five in a normal year, you would say, "Who the heck cares?" Hey, five and five right now has them in front in the NFC South, and that means all they have to do is play in from here, and they win the division. You know what? With New Orleans and Carolina and Atlanta behind them, the Bucks, as banged up as they are, as puzzling as they are, are going to win the division. That's all there is to it. Because they're going to do enough both ways and with Tom there to get enough wins. No question about it. And then the Jaguars at 3-7, and seven, continuing to move in the right direction. But this is still a learning year, one year removed from having to make their big move, which you would think they would make next year, but still dangerous. At 3-7, and seven, they get to buy this week. So that's where we are as far as the league. Remember, as we said, interesting games on Thanksgiving. Buffalo with Detroit. Giants at Dallas. New England at Minnesota. Good games. A lot of good football there. And remember, we will have the... Football Friday podcast up 
early on Wednesday so that we take care of all your Thanksgiving needs and give you a chance to listen to it before the holiday weekend. So we will have it up for you uh, early next week. So look forward for that. Emails when we come back. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Mike Francesa Football Friday podcast on the Mike Francesa podcast. Remember, send your emails to Mike Francesa podcast at gmail.com. Mike Francis podcast at gmail.com. Here we go. Lawrence starts us off. The Giants' best wide receiver is now the Chiefs, and all they got was a second-round pick. They have a lack of playmakers. Isn't this one on the coach for not making it work with Tony? He could be a star. I'm sorry. Tony, to me, took so long to come back from injury in the last two years. I'm not blaming anybody on this. I'm not blaming the previous regime. I'm not blaming the current regime. We know the ability Tony has, but let's see him not only show up in Kansas City where clearly the peer pressure there and the culture there where they're a championship team in the waiting. They've won championships. They expect to play for championships. They expect to score 30 points every week, the whole thing. So it lifts all boats, including bad actors like Tony, who was a bad actor here when things were going bad. Um, Let's see him sustain it, though. We know he can do it. Let's see him sustain it. Let's see him put together six, eight weeks in a row where he answers the bell and plays and is productive. Then we can talk about boy, they should have been more patient, or boy, they should have done this. You know, sometimes it's not going to work, and I think the Giants just felt, you know what? It's not going to happen here. We waited, we waited, we waited, and nothing came about. And I can't blame them. Rob emails, I give Dan Jones all the credit in the world for facing heavy criticism, coming out playing the way he has with the current wide receiver situation. But it feels like almost every game he has one throw he completely misses, as he did Sunday. He did miss a big one. He had it, and he had him. And he, if he had hit him, he would have hit him for a big play. He threw it behind him, badly missed him. He did. I don't know if it's his mechanics, footwork, or how he sees the field, but it feels like an issue that will catch up with us. Um, they have coached Jones well. They have ironed out some of the mistakes. They have also utilized his legs to full capacity. Let's be honest. He hasn't thrown the ball a lot on the season. He really hasn't. I mean, when you look at it overall, it's not like he's up there, you know, throwing, you know, 9,000 passes every week. It hasn't been the case. So, From that standpoint, he's been selective with what he's done in his in his, you know, throwing stuff. We know how he's been in his in his rushing, you know, in his running have been unbelievable. You know, he's had some big plays, he's had some big running games. Um you know, he's only when you realize it, he's only thrown for two hundred yards twice. He's not thrown for 300 yards. He's only thrown for 200 yards. Now, part of it is he has very, very limited ammunition at wide receiver. You know that. He has 
done a good job with his completions. He has stayed away from the big interception, although he's gotten a couple of breaks where he has thrown bad passes. He, you know, he takes sacks. He doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. We know that he has stayed away from the interception, which is, again, a very, very big positive. But, you know, he's got eight touchdown passes. You know, that's not a lot. So they've been very careful, and it's been a very limited passing game. So I think what they've done is say, hey, his best quality is his legs. We're going to work on that. We're going to clean up the other stuff, and we're going to see if we can make some plays in the pass game when we need to. Down the stretch here, let's see. Now that he's got Slayton and he looks like he's locking in with Slayton, let's see if he can become a guy. He and Slayton can become a connection that works thick, thin, when they need a third and 10, when they need a red zone throw, when they need a big play, can they go and make it Jones to Slayton? And if they can, that'll be a big step in the right direction. You know, people ask me, everywhere I go, I get stopped and people ask me the same question. They say, are the Giants going to make a big term, a long-term commitment to Jones? And I say, right now, I think it's 50-50. I don't think we know the answer to that yet. I really don't. I don't think the die is cast in any direction yet. I think it's still up there for grabs. Anthony and West Nyack, I'm a 25-year-old fan that my father mentioned Jimmy the Greek the other day when discussing some of the NFL lines. Said older fans would know who he is. What's the Reader's Digest version on him? Jimmy the Greek was a legendary figure, a bigger-than-life figure, who was part of the NFL during its explosive growth years. He was a guy who built a reputation coming out of Steubenville, Ohio, as being an odds maker and a gambler. He made a prediction on Truman winning the 48 election based on his own polling, which showed that women wouldn't vote for somebody who had a mustache. Uh, and that's why he supposedly made a big bet on uh, Truman to beat Dewey at 18 to 1. Remember, most people had given that election completely over to uh, Dewey. Uh, nobody gave Truman even a, a remote chance to win. It was one of the great upsets politically in history. Um, he went to the NFL today. They weren't allowed to do odds, so he did check marks and stuff like that. But he had a reputation for being America's uh, lines maker. He was not the lines maker, the official lines maker. He was not. But he did work in Vegas. He did at times work for Howard Hughes. Um, he went on to his own, you know, level of uh, uh, stardom with the NFL today uh, and was a, a big figure in the league for a long time until his unfortunate, you know, dismissal when he made some comments on Martin Luther King weekend that were not well thought out and not well uh, verbalized, which cost him uh, dearly. And really, he paid for it because he was crushed there when it happened. Um, Dan and uh, Edgewater, who would you rather have in their prime, Mahomes or Rogers? Wow. I think right now, I think that 
at their 100% best, Rodgers was a better player. But I can't, you know, I can't give Mahomes a backseat to him based on anything else because Rodgers won one Super Bowl. It doesn't look like he's going to win another. Mahomes has already won one. Um, so his career might be more impressive. I don't know yet, but Rogers was as perfectly equipped mentally, physically, in every way to play quarterback in this league. He was better equipped in every attribute to be the a quarterback in this league than anybody I've ever seen in my lifetime. That's how talented he is. There's nothing he can't do. Keith from Westchester. Every time the Jets play the Pats, there is a discussion about how much Belichick hates the Jets. Why is this the case? Well, as you may or may not know, it goes back to when Parcells stepped down. Belichick agreed with a departing, you know, uh, Leon Hess that he would become the head coach and Parcells would move to the front office. Belichick then decided that was a bad idea and in a hastily drawn up, you know, uh, request to leave, and a press conference that did not put him in good stead got him slaughtered across the country where he looked very ill at ease. He was ridiculed for leaving the New York Jets. Well, he went up to New England where we didn't realize that he had developed a close relationship with Kraft. Um, the rest, as I say, is history. But he got ridiculed for what happened in his departing from the Jets and he has taken it out on the Jets forever. Then you had the Mangini thing, and he blames Mangini for blowing the whistle on him with the whole thing with what went on that got them in trouble and all that, everything dealing with that, about the Rams Super Bowl and, all, and what they were doing with cameras and everything else. So there was no love lost, to say the least. And so he has always, always made it a made it an absolute quest to not only beat the Jets, but to embarrass them. So anytime he can, he will. Um, John emails, the Eagles and the Giants both have overachieved. Ron Rivera totally exposed Philly. They have real trouble picking up the blitz, and they are very turnover prone. I don't think Philly can win in a close game, whereas the Giants have proven that that is their comfort zone. Um, I would not bury the Eagles on one sloppy, messy game. They have scored a lot of points. They have won most of their games by very comfortable margins. They've lost once this year. They've been overly impressive in their games for the most part, and they had one bad night. So I, I don't think your assessment of them is fair at all. And while you're right about the Giants in close games, um, I think you're selling the Eagles very, very short right there. Um, 
Joe emails, does an Odell Beckham move to the Giants make sense? I'm the wrong person to ask. Okay. I wouldn't want Odell Beckham anywhere near my team. I think his his value and what he brings to these teams is vastly overrated. And he sets this up for it to be all about him at all times, detracting from the people who have been there from training camp. He can shortcut the season and show up in November. I understand he's hurt or December. Um, No thanks for me, but let the teams do what they want. If they want to fall over him and think he's going to help them, so be it. Um. Tim emails, I used to attend quite a few Jet and Giants games, but now I find I love the red zone, nonstop action, watching at home, great TV, comfortable chair, great food, blah, blah, blah. Red zone runs me nothing. $14, you can get an uh, egg dish in a diner for that. I get a month full of NFL football, uh, great bargain. Listen. There was no greater invention than DirecTV where it came to the um, Sunday ticket. And then, of course, with the enormous popularity of fantasy, the Red Zone. The Red Zone channel, I got to admit, it's on in our house on one of our TVs. In one room, we have the Red Zone. My office is off that room. We have a whole bunch of TVs going on Sundays. We leave one on the Red Zone the red zone is a lot of fun. As a matter of fact, I could tell you, back in the old days, I would have loved hosting the red zone. I would have loved hosting that. I would first of all, I would have been really good at it. But secondly, I would have loved hosting that show, and have all that action just flying in, and commenting on all the games and what's going on and strategy and this. I would have loved that on Sunday. That's a great way to spend the Sunday. I, I, I would love to be the guy doing the red zone. I really would. I, I, not now. I mean, I obviously, you know, that day is past as far as doing anything every week. But um, uh, I just would love that whole action. I think it's great. I think the red zone is terrific. I really do. Uh, and my kids, I have to admit, they watch the red zone all day. All day. Um, Charlie from Long Island. Phil Simms was drafted in 79. Wasn't a factor until 84. Won a Super Bowl in 86. Do you see a similar pattern with Daniel Jones? Uh, have you seen enough to believe he is a franchise quarterback going forward? I have not. He has not proved to me that he is a complete package. So the answer is no, he's not Phil Simms. He does not have Phil Simms throwing ability, accuracy. Phil Simms was a very good thrower to football and a very accurate thrower to football. Um, uh, so I, to me, he has not shown us he's the complete package. He has taken a step forward. He has been coached well this year. He has coached out a lot of the mistakes. He has utilized his legs to full benefit. But I'm not ready to say that he's the complete package. Um, what has been your take on the whole uh, Deshaun Watson story? Um, it's a mess. It's been a mess. 
You know, there was no way for it not to be a mess. And eventually, you know, eventually it, it'll be behind us. You know, but do I think there was any easy solution? I don't. Was there anything that was going to make everybody happy? No. Do we know what to believe and not to believe? We don't. So, like I said, it's been a mess. Um, Phil in New York asks, is Tua in the MVP conversation? He never loses. Um, I would say he's on the outside periphery. You would have Mahomes a heavy one. Hurts a second. Allen has slipped because of his uh, barrage of uh, turnovers the last couple of weeks. And Tua would be right after that. But I think Mahomes will most likely, barring an injury, I think Mahomes will be the MVP. And um, it's starting to look like it won't be close. A couple more games like have gone on with the Eagles or have gone on with the Bills, and it won't be close. It'll be that one-sided. Remember, we will uh, have the next week's podcast, our Football Friday podcast, up on Wednesday so that we can get you the Thanksgiving Day games and everything else going on for the weekend. And because, obviously, you have a very different week of uh, football action and just everything with the holiday next week. A lot of people only work Monday and Tuesday. The max anybody works is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Obviously, the holiday season is upon us, and the football season is into that high gear where it just goes into overdrive until really divisional playoff weekend is in the books. From now until then is just wall-to-wall football. And... That's what's great about it. It's, it's, you know, it's a big part of the holiday season. You know, you think about Thanksgiving, you think about Christmas, you think about football. You really do. And now it's in uh, really in high-intensity drive right now. And the Thanksgiving game should get us off on a, uh, on a very, very good note. You know, because the games have come up okay. And think about it. Thanksgiving, Giants, Cowboys, okay, 445, how good is that? I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. You know, it really doesn't. And then on, you know, Christmas Eve, you have the Eagles and the Cowboys at 445. You have the Giants in the... And then you have the Eagles and the Cowboys at 445 on Christmas Eve. I mean, that's just wonderful stuff. Now, for a lot of people, Christmas Eve is a very, very different night and one that they might not even watch a lot of sports. But 4 o'clock, you might be able to get some in before your you know, Christmas Eve really gets uh, going and be done with that by 730. But that's a terrific game. You know, you got a full slate on Christmas Eve from the NFL. You even got uh, them playing on the Christmas Day this year. But you have the full slate on Christmas Eve, including the Giants and the Vikings, and then, of course, the Eagles and the Cowboys. And on Thanksgiving, the Giants and the Cowboys. So the NFC East 
moving front and center for the first time in a very, very long time. AFC East, NFC East are going to be a very big part of this whole puzzle the rest of the way. And that's a lot of fun because, you know what, it's been years since that's been the case, especially here in New York, to have teams that are in the mix. And this year, they're very, very much, as we hit Thanksgiving, very much in the mix. Uh, We'll see you early next week. Look for all the other stuff that we will be delivering, including uh, wrap-up stuff on Sunday. Enjoy your football, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.